Greetings to those who watch below. As the nights are drawing in and autumn fast approaches, I thought it'd be time for us to head back into the woods for some truly creepy tales. The Man in the Woods by Ashverek. This story is one that my father has told me multiple times. My dad is a logger, specifically one who operates a tree saw, which is basically a giant machine that is capable of cutting down massive trees and cutting them to specified lengths, which means he spends a lot of time alone in the deep forests. The way my dad's logging crew was set up is that he would be told where he was supposed to cut down trees and he would go do that and be paid based on the amount of trees he could cut, not on how long it took him. So, my dad used to work 16 to 20 hour days constantly to get done as quick as possible, and then the rest of the crew would come clean up the trees and ship them to the mill. He used to work around 50% of the time alone, and the rest of the time with another tree saw operator named Rini. They would use radios to communicate back and forth when they were working together. My dad and Rini were on a new job site, and were about 10 days in, and everything was going as planned but they were constantly hearing weird chitter-chatter over the radio that was such poor quality, no words could be heard, and whatever radio channel they changed to, it followed them. As they progressed through the job and went farther up the mountain, the words from the radio slowly became more audible. Both of them agreed, based on small parts of conversations, they could hear that something was wrong. They also started finding weird containers all over the place, and signs that people had been there. People should not have been there. This was a two and a half hour drive up a mountain. They had to spend three weeks clearing out the road so that their trucks and equipment could make it up. They came to the realization that they are in a very secluded area with people who shouldn't be there. And the worst part is that they aren't scheduled to leave for about another week. They would only leave to refuel the fuel truck with gasoline for the machines they would buy supplies and sleep in campers. One day, Rini comes across a tent and calls my dad over. They investigate the tent and find one lone sleeping bag and a duffel bag. They investigate the duffel bag and find many pairs of children's underwear and things that appear to be a kit, like rope and duct tape and sketched images. In the tent, they also find a small amount of food which includes canned goods and an apple, which proves the tent has been occupied recently because there was no mould on the apple. They are now on the mountain alone, with which at the best case scenario is just a really fucked up individual. Rini instantly decides to get the hell out of there, but my dad, being the hardest working person I've ever met, insists that they need to finish the job and then get out of there. They decide that they will not talk over the radios except in cases of emergency, and see if they can hear something over the radio. They are now in close enough range of whoever has been talking over the radio to hear the conversations between two men about collecting water and wood for the fire. Nothing abnormal, except for the fact that these guys don't belong here, and the tent was undoubtedly theirs. At the end of the working day, my dad hears them on the radio, talking about one of them collecting brush for a fire. My dad hops on the radio and attempts to communicate with them about what the fuck they were doing. I believe he said, 
Who are you, and what are you doing here? After this, the conversation between the men abruptly stops, and they never pick up. That night, Rini wakes my dad up and whispers for him to get his gun as someone's outside. My dad told me that the first thing he heard when he woke up is the quiet shuffling of footsteps. He fumbles for his gun and finds it, but realises that he doesn't have it loaded and has little clue where his rounds are, and Rini has nothing, and the thought of calling the police is absurd for multiple reasons. They hear a jiggle on the doorknob, and it opens. The camper is far enough off the ground to where you had to jump in, and there's no ladder or footstool. It just stays open, and neither my dad nor Rini move. They hear scratching right outside the door, though. After four minutes of scratching, my dad can take it no longer, and nods to Rini. He gets up quietly, and walks towards the camper door. The second he reaches it, he is met with intense pain across his right eye, all the way to his left cheek. He has been cut, and falls out of the camper hitting the ground hard. A man with a knife gets on top of him, and he is soon being kicked in the top of the head by a man behind him. Rini leaps out of the trailer, and manages to get the man off my dad. My dad gets up and realises the second man without a knife is running away, and the man with the knife is scrambling away from Rini and starts running after his accomplice. My dad and Rini get into the truck and drive to the nearest hospital to treat my dad's wound, and later report the events to the police. They both quit their jobs, and two weeks later, as the rest of the logging crew was finishing up the job, one of them was found gagged, bound, raped, murdered, and thrown into a ditch. No one was ever convicted of these crimes. To this day, my dad can hardly see out of his right eye, and the pupil is disfigured and looks more like a cat's eye than a human's. He still suffers from these events, and hasn't had a good night's sleep since. Chicken Village by Radiated Mutant This story takes place in the woods not far from home, with my now ex-girlfriend. Being in my small town poses a haven for boredom, and most of us from age 14 and on will spend a lot of time in the woods. This was no different for my girlfriend and I. A few times a week we would go and try and find something of interest out there. Sometimes finding a nice rock formation or abandoned mine shaft. Today we decided instead of finding new paths, that we would just start climbing in one direction, until we found something new. We'd seen a few places that were very nice, even finding an area that had naturally become similar to a living room. There were huge flat stones on the ground that looked like chairs and couches, and a huge mound of dirt that seemed like a makeshift fireplace. It was beautiful. We kept up the climb, and started noticing bits of flat rocks that were well dug into the dirt. We inspected a bit as we thought this was pretty cool, and then realised that they weren't stones. They were cinder blocks. In this little area, we found the foundation remains of about four houses. It was a little creepy, but we figured they'd been built a while back, and just fell apart over erosion and things, and the occupants had left them. We continued on, still thinking about those houses, but keeping the spirit of adventure going. 
we came to an area that was almost a wall of vine, with an opening and a two-foot step. We started toward this step, and something rustled the bushes in front of us. My girlfriend jumped pretty high, but with me being a metalhead guy with his girlfriend, I didn't show any fear. The truth was, I was terrified. Birds would have been too small to make such a racket, and if it was a deer, it would have been taller than the bush. I couldn't wrap my head around what it would be. I stared into the bush, got my manhood in order, and trotted over to see. As I get closer, I notice that I can see something staring back at me. Its eye looks human. I yell, hey! The bush comes to life and shakes madly. And then, out pops the biggest chicken I've ever seen. We both freaked out a bit because we didn't expect such a violent reaction, and we don't have wild chickens in this area. We chuckled, but inside we were still pretty startled. We kept walking for a few minutes and the brush got thick, and then the worst plant came to us. The briar bushes. We'd walk a few steps, and then have to detach ourselves and each other from the bushes. To add to this misery, I had my flannel shirt around my waist, which kept grabbing large numbers of thorns. We'd gotten so wrapped up in these bushes and freeing ourselves that we hadn't been watching where we were headed, and that could have proven terrible. We get out of the bushes and look up and realise we've come to a clearing, and there's five houses. They were decently built houses, but kind of shabby. None had an actual exterior covering, apart from tar paper and a few shingles. Then we realised there are people living in these houses. We hadn't noticed the people because everything was dead silent. There are about seven people watching us that we could see. Two were near this little chicken corral. Four were watching us from inside the windows in the houses, and one was on his roof, right in front of us. It almost felt like they had this ready for an ambush. We were stuck in the briars, and there were a bunch of people giving us the death stare. The only one I saw move was the one on the roof. He was standing, and then slowly knelt down and put his hand on something on the roof. I noticed this. My girlfriend didn't. I said, Okay kid, we gotta hightail it. We broke free from the thorns and started to walk away, and they all stayed staring at us. It was unbearable having their eyes on us, because they were all expressionless and pale. Once we got far enough away that they couldn't see us, I said, that guy on the roof, did you see him? And she said she had. I asked, did you see what he was holding up there? And she said that she saw he had something in his hand and she was worried that it was a steak knife and he was going to come after us. I gave an uneasy chuckle, and she looked at me with a draining pale face, and asked why. I said it was a rifle. I explained that maybe he was illegally hunting from his roof, and trying to hide it in case we were cops. But I knew better. I could see when we were getting untangled that he was loading it. I felt like an animal. If you're hunting and you've laid down your weapon, if you see an animal, you slowly grab it and bring it up to aim, and the motion and movement he had was the same. Almost like he didn't want to spook us, as if it would make it harder to hit us. 
still kind of freaks me out when I think about it. The Man in the Fog by Miles VVBB I used to lead an outdoors club, and one of the trips I would always take people on was to the Smoky Mountains in mid-October. The Smokies are beautiful, and we would do a four-night backpacking loop across the backcountry free-walled shelters along the Appalachian Trail. The weather was perfect, fall colours, cool nights, and the classic fog that gives the Smokies their name. It was our last night on the trail, and we were staying on top of Mount Leconte, one of the tallest mountains in the Smokies. I had reserved all the spots in the shelter, and there were no other campsites on the top of the mountain, so I knew we would be alone. The top of Mount Leconte has a western lookout point, an eastern lookout point, and a half-mile trail called the Boulevard that connects the overlooks and runs the ridge line of the mountain. The trail is covered by scraggly evergreens that cling to the top of it, and there are thousand-foot drops along the trail edge. The shelter is about midpoint on that trail. All of my friends and I decided we would sleep under the stars next to the shelter, because the Milky Way looked incredible. Then, at 5am, we were all going to walk with our sleeping bags to the eastern lookout point to see the sunrise. But we stayed late and my friend and I decided that he and I would just go to the eastern lookout at 3am and chat until the sun began to rise. It was a chilly night, and the fog had rolled in. It pushed through the dense evergreens and limited our visibility to the bright white cones from our headlamps. My friend and I grabbed our bare spray and sleeping bags and started walking eastward on the boulevard. Once we started moving, we realised how bad the visibility was, the trail snaked through the foggy trees, and you could never see what was around the next bend. There were reports of bears in the area, so I kept my bear spray out and made as much noise as I could. The fog rolled through the trees like a haunted house. As I turned the bend, I nearly ran into a man. He's standing alone in the middle of the trail facing me, not moving. No flashlight, at 3am, in the wilderness just standing in the darkness. I also realise that he's wearing a t-shirt and has only a small book bag. With bear spray levelled, I stammer, Hello? No response. I ask him where he's coming from and where he's going. I don't know. His facial expression looks lifeless. I ask him where he's planning on sleeping tonight, given that he has no gear. I don't know. With you? Hell no. I could put it together pretty quick. This guy was definitely on a lot of drugs. He eventually admitted he had walked from a town that's about 30 miles away, but he kept on saying he wanted to stay with us at the shelter. Then he would speak nonsense. Suddenly, he said, I'm being followed by a dog. I figure he's just seeing things, so ask what it looks like. It's big, and black, and it has an orange collar. Shit. I realise that's probably one of the tagged bears in the park. This sketchy guy is being stalked by a bear, and leading it towards my friends who are sleeping in a shelter. I tell him I know of a spot he can stay, 
a luxury cabin compound about 15 minutes down the mountain where they can call the NPS. I tell him to walk in front of me, and I start directing him on where to turn. I figured if he tried something erratic, I could blind him with my light and follow up with a bear spray. I eventually get him down to this cabin and wake the employees to let them know he needs help. They tell me I can leave, so I head back to my friends and tell them what's going on. Before I go to sleep, I jog back down to the rangers to make sure everything is fine. We don't know where he went. He stepped out the door and now we can't find him. Hey guys, thank you ever so much for watching today's video. I hope you really enjoyed it. I can tell you one thing, I am not staying in any woods anytime soon, as that's just way too creepy. If you've got an idea for a video that you'd like to hear on the channel, feel free to let me know, either in the comments section below or by checking me out on social media. Also, like, share and subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, and also don't forget to hit the notification bell, that way you'll know the next time that there's a video on the channel. So, until next time, sleep tight.